I'm excited about tonight. I, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I have this little I Bible that I go to bed to, and it's just, for some reason, I just love Second Chronicles. I love Second Kings, so I put it on certain chapters. And, um, but one night, it got, I woke up in the middle of the night, and it just, it's a guy just speaking the word, and uh, he got, I woke up to a chapter, it's Job 29, um, where Job was lamenting about all that he had, okay? And it caught, it caught my ear. So the next morning when I got up, I went through it, and I just thought I would love to have everything Job had. And so can I just, can I just pray that over you? Yes. Can I pray that over you, Living Word? It's, it's Job 29, out of the King James. Got to get my glasses straightened out here. And um, so remember now, Job is talking about, and remember the scripture, um, speak of things that are not as though they were, past tense, as though they already happened. So you kind of look at it, your life when you're doing this, and it's been proven even scientifically that past tense has more power because it's almost as if you're looking at your life from the very end and speaking over the whole thing, okay? So, moreover, Job continued his parable and said, this is over you, living word, verse, next verse, oh, that I were as in months past, as in the days when God preserved me, right? When his candle shined upon your head, living word, and when by his light you walked through the darkness always, As was in the days of your youth when the secret of God was upon your tabernacle and you are a temple of the Holy Ghost living word. When the Almighty is, is yet with you, when your children were about you. Next verse. When I, when, when you washed, when he washed your steps with butter and the, and the rock poured you out rivers of oil. When, when you went out to the gate through the city and, and he prepared your seat in the street, the young men would see you and hid themselves. The, age, uh, the aged arose and stood up. That means you get respect. That means he got respect. The princes refrained talking and laid their hand on their mouth. That, that, that means that just by your countenance, people were affected, okay? And next, next verse, the nobles held their peace, and their tongue cleaved to the roof of their mouth. Again, because of your countenance, they don't know what to say. When the ear heard me, then it blessed me. When the eye saw me, it gave witness to you, living word, because you delivered the poor that cried and the fatherless and him that had none to help him. You delivered them, living word. The blessing of him that was ready to perish now comes upon you, living word, and you caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. Next verse. You put on righteousness, living word, and it clothes you, literally clothes you every day, and your judgment was as a robe and a diadem. Your eyes to, you, were, you were eyes to the blind and feet to the lame, living word. Don't we want all these things? You were a father to the poor and the cause which you knew not. You searched out. You were able to get it. If there was something you didn't know, you found it. And you break the jaws of the wicked living word and you pluck the spoil out of their teeth. That's, that's quite graphic there, isn't it? Then, then you said... You, should, you will die in your home, but he will multiply your days as the sand, living word, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Your root was spread out by the waters and the dew lay all night upon your branch, living word, in the name of Jesus Christ. Your glory is fresh on you tonight, and your bow is renewed in your hand, no matter where you are in your life, unto you. Men give ear and wait and keep silence at your counsel in the name of Jesus Christ. After your words, they don't have anything to say. Your speech drops on people, literally drops on people because it's anointed. And, and they wait for you 
as for the rain. They open their mouth wide for you as they do for the latter rain in the name of Jesus Christ. And, and, and if you laughed on them, they believed at night. And the light, that means you did not offend them. And the light of your countenance, they cast not down. They're just attracted to you. They're, they're attracted to your spirit. I chose out their way and sat chief. And dwelt, you dwell as a king in the army, as one that comforteth the mourners, the mourners in the name of Jesus Christ. I know that was long, but I feel like I just had that in me all day long, and that's you. That's something that you could speak over your life every day. Have, have any of you guys heard about the Global Pandemic Treaty? Raise your hand. Surprising. Not many people. So they're talking about a, uh, setting up a treaty, and the United Nations has already passed half of this. Do you understand what's going on here, America? We're supposed to be a watchman on the walls. Let me explain it. I have to preface this by saying I have the Pfizer vaccine shots. I'm not against someone getting the vaccine if it's their choice. I am not, listen to me, YouTube, I am not anti-vaccine. I'm against any government telling a person that they have to put something in their body, whether if they want to or not, which is a form of medical slavery. You've got 194 countries signing on on this international treaty to protect us from biological warfare. If this goes through, regardless of your current freedoms in America, they will have COVID passes for everyone, mandatory COVID vaccines and passports for everyone. This is, is, is a way, in my opinion, to get around the US Senate and Congress. This is a way to put this on the American people without the American people really even knowing until it's to too late. And this is why you need to pray for your government every day because he can turn minds, he can change minds, but not if people are not praying, not if they're not watching, not if they don't understand what's going on. You have to understand what's in this treaty. If this treaty goes through, it will be hooked to your QR code. You really won't be able to do a whole lot without these vaccines mandate requirements. You won't be able to get food or very little of it. You won't be able to get gas or very little of it. This treaty at the United Nations will hand over all sovereign governments of the world to the World Health Organization in times of crisis or what they call a crisis. This is a, um, what, what that it will require for all governments to give their authority in an emergency or what they call an emergency to uh, the WHO. And that's not the band who, it's, the, it's, 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 it's the, the health organization. The World Health Organization would control all 194 governments in the United Nations. We're talking about the UN and the World Health Organization doing this to keep everyone safe from the next pandemic because we all know there are going to be more pandemics, according to him. And we know their playbook. We fell in line with their playbook. We masked up. We did social distancing. We I'll watch millions of small businesses go under that have never come back. We've had Q-tips up our noses repeatedly. I don't know about you guys. I've had four of them up my nose, shoved up my nose. Millions of people have gotten their shots or sh shot or shots, and I'm not coming against that. I was supposed to go to Israel last July, and I got the second Pfizer, and then right before I went, they shut down the country, right? They shut down the country for a long time. So I had that shot, and I have that shot, and I'm not, what I'm coming against is if you put something in your body, it should be of your own volition. For those of you out there who don't understand a treaty, this treaty with the World Health Organization will supersede all the laws of your government if your government is a member of the UN. The name of this treaty is called the Global Pandemic treaty. It's why we should be watching and praying. And you can Google it. Google the global, global pandemic treaty because no one, I've only seen it on the news two times, but there's articles all over the place. If you Google it, how this stokes fear of global govern, governance of a worldwide government. And we are the ones that are holding back evil while we are here. Okay. Do we want a worldwide government, America? Is that, and I'll say it again, the treaty law can supersede the American Constitution. 
all right? If this gets past 194 nations signing on, this is going to be one of those deals where you can run, but you can't hide through the World Economic Forum. If you don't know who the World Economic Forum is, it's really smart that you find out who they are and the power that they have. And the Final Hour podcast, the first episode, that's all we talk about so people understand what they're driving, but they're responsible for, for all this through what the World Economic Forum has done through these things they call the Young Globalist Committees. We're talking about heads of governments from all over the world, CEOs of multinational companies, movie stars, even people down to state and local, local governments, and they've, they've, they've got their tentacles have run everywhere, and you need to be aware of this dangerous treaty between America and the 193 other countries in the UN with the World Health Organization, because all they have to do is label something and call it a global pandemic, and your president is no, no longer in charge. It will be the World Health Organization. And so this is part of, and I would like for that to be part of the sermon, but uh, but but um, you know, I'm trying to, as we get into Daniel 8 and 9, they get kind of complicated, and I have three weekends in a row where I have Sunday morning too. So this is part of the last days of fallen earth, but I'm going to wait because if I did Daniel 8 with you tonight, right, and then I go into Daniel 9, I'm trying to review with Sunday morning what they missed, do you know what I'm saying? When I have a chance to have everyone on the same page. So this is still part of this series, but it's, it's something that, it, and it's the only time you'll ever see me combine some of these podcasts, okay? But it's, it's, it's a message because I'm kind of a low-level, low-mid-level minister. Um, I'm not I, I, I believe that this sermon will be out on the, on, in, in YouTube world long after the rapture happens, okay? They'll take out the big guys, right, that everyone knew who spoke out. But what I'm saying is, is people need to know, they need to really understand that it's already prophesied. We already know what's going to happen in the tribulation. We already know. And if people are left behind, if people that... that, that, that it's, I just know this sermon is going to be on, on, on people's phones during that time. So people need to know what to do or what not to do if, or what's going to happen. And it, it says in Matthew 24, 37, but as, as the days of Noah were, so shall also coming of the Son of Man be. He's given signs to the disciples. And so Jesus is saying it shall be like that. It was in the days of Noah when he's coming back, let's just look quickly at three things. Matthew 24, 38, he says, you know, for as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the, up until the very day Noah entered the ark. What's that saying is there's just lackadaisical attitude, you know, um, no one really paying attention. And Genesis 6, 5, and 6, to look at the days of Noah it says, um, I saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every imagination of, of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, right? Verse six, I never saw the scripture before, and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. Wow. And so, because it got so evil, I mean, think about this world, I mean, What's the wording we just used? Every imagination is being thought of, and it talks about continuous evil. If you don't think every imagination and, and continuous evil is, is, is being thought of, then you're sitting home watching CNN, MSNBC, or Netflix and paying no attention. Our country seems to be making it okay for pedophilia. We're even now passing laws in states, trying to pass laws to change the age of consent where a pedophile isn't even called a pedophile. They're called an adult attracted to a minor. And you, you can go on the dark web and see any major crime, murder, rape. We've got 12-year-olds that can change their sex, get it paid for by the state in some states without parental consent. 
The White House just made a statement that any doctor that does not comply with a child that wants a sex change can be prosecuted in those states. We wouldn't even be thinking of these things in the 80s and 90s. We, we, we just... We're talking about the days of Noah, Genesis 6, 1 and 2. It came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, daughters were born unto them. Verse 2, that the sons of God, those are fallen angels. I've proven it before. This is not, this is not, this is not men. It's fallen angels saw the daughters of men that they were fair or beautiful, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Two verses later in verse 4, from that, there were giants in the earth in those days, that's the offspring of the fallen angels and the human women. And also after that, when the sons of God, fallen angels, came in unto the daughters of men, they, were, they bare children to them. And those were the giants that the Israelites had to deal with. The same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. And this, Daniel prophesied this, happens today, but in a little bit different way. It is, it's going on today. We touched on this in numerous podcasts with technology. I'm kind of hitting it from a different angle. There is a hybridization going on, not just of mankind, but of all creation. A hybridization of plants, insects, animals, and humans. And it's all documented. Genesis 6, 8, and 9. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just and perfect in his generations. It doesn't mean just mean he was a good guy. It means Noah's generations were untainted. There hadn't been an, a, a fallen angel that, that had had offspring with any of his generation, any of the women of his generation. That's why God picked Noah. All that to say God chose Noah and his family, not just because he was a good guy, they had not been affected by the genetic mutation. And I've preached a little bit on this, touched it, just touched it uh, months ago. Why was Satan trying to pollute the blood of man? Because Satan knew, if we look at Genesis 3, 15, God said, I'm going to put enmity between thee and the woman, between your seed and her seed. It shall bruise your head. And y'all shall, you'll bruise his heel. Satan knew that someone is going to come from the woman's seed and take the power of death away from him. So if he can pollute what a, what a human really is, then he could be successful in keeping that from happening. So that was a whole thing about Noah's ark and the flood. There was, there was no more, very few, little pure human blood left on the earth. And so, and he almost did it, except the eight people that he put into the ark. Now, what, we're trying to, what I'm trying to tell you today, that this is being repeated again. The hybridization of not just man, but also animals and plant life. This hybridization is, not being, is, is being done with technology. And I know I have to go back to the scripture. Uh, Daniel gives a hint of it. Um, this is the chapter in regards to Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And he's talking about the last empire, the 10-nation empire that Antichrist rises out of, defeats three of them in war. The other seven capitulate. So then he's got his 10 kingdoms. That's where it gets his start. So this is what, this is what it's talking about, that empire. He, all these empires were prophesied up to this one. Babylon, then in order, right? Persians, the Greeks, the Romans. This is the one that hasn't shown up yet. And most people believe it's going to be a, a version of the European Union. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. Whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, it's talking about this one now, this empire, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. No one knows what that means. That word for giant fallen angel, Nephilim, you see in Genesis is in there. Oh, a giant's coming back. No, I think 
let me switch gears on you. Why? Okay, I'm just, this is all going to come together. Why, after, since the 1950s, has the U.S. government denied, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but why have they denied UFOs? Denied them, denied them, denied them, denied them. We don't know what you're talking about, yet they had all these records, they had videos, and they're suddenly releasing them. They're all over the place, and they're prevalent. And, you know, I was, we talked about this on the podcast also, where there's a, a paper large paper in Britain called The British Sun was questioning this. It was a secular paper. Why? Why are they doing this? What is the purpose of doing this? And, you know, bear with me. In in attempted UFO abductions, a study at MIT, a secular college, a very good secular college, found there's a big parallel to UFO abductions and demonic encounters. Whole study on it, same symptoms, same weird things happen to people. A whole study on how similar those characteristics are and what the people go through are, 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 are that have a demonic encounter and a UFO uh, experience, you know. If you run into a little gray man with antennas, try using the name of Jesus and see if he doesn't run away. All right? And so. And, and, and why is this? Why is the government, after all these years of hiding it, saying, no, it's not true, it's not true, and now this policy of total disclosure, jets dealing with them, you can see them, you can Google them. Because Satan, the, 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 yes, there is a real Satan. Ask any Satanist, they worship him, they know, and he's not stupid. This he wants, this is what he wants to be able to explain away what we're about to read, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. He wants to explain this away, and there's really no way to do it. Uh, but this, but, but I would have you, um, I, I would not have you be ignorant. There's brethren, Christians, don't be ignorant. There really is a rapture. Concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we... Who will be alive, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So remember that as we get into this sermon. Okay? The, the devil's gonna have to explain this away. What a coincidence. UFOs out of nowhere. Think about a global event. Millions, maybe billions just disappear. Like we just read. Remember, 1,800 prophecies in the Bible. 80% of them have, have come to be, have, have, have come true. This is one that will come true. And they're going to have to be able to explain that away. CNN isn't just going to be able to ignore it. Think about how you get some religious global guy saying, yes, brothers and sisters on earth, they disappeared, our brothers and sisters, but they're okay because it's our space friends that we've been talking to you about. That the, the billionaires, you know, they're, they're going, was everybody, every other week, space trips. And, you know, people thought Chuck Missler was crazy with the UFO thing 30 years ago. He was prophesying this stuff. And so the media is going to spin it. I, the devil, and tell everyone on earth, they've been chosen. You've been chosen for this time. And remember, the first three and a half years, the Antichrist brings peace. Just think of these people. Everyone disappears, and all of a sudden, you know, you've got UFOs just sitting in the atmosphere, right? All over the globe, right? It wouldn't be a complete shock to me. I mean, you could, have, you could have that tomorrow. And it would not shock me. Because I always wondered, how's the devil going to explain away that? Hundreds of millions of people just gone. 
Revelation 13, 11 through 16. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb and he spake as a dragon. This is the false prophet. Verse 12, and he exercised all the power of the first beast, that's the Antichrist, before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the Antichrist, whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles. And just think they're going to be grasping for anything. They're going to be grasping for anything. Which he had power, key, key, this is a key verse, he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast and the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the beast, the image of the beast to be killed. A lot, lot like Daniel, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the big image. They all had to bow. Very prophetic there. Verse 16, he caused all, both small and great, rich, poor, free, and bond to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And it goes on to say you can't buy or sell without it. It goes much farther than that. Looking at verse 15, that where will that giant statue that moves and talks? We'll get into that. It's already here. While, while we're, while we, if Google giant, the giant movement. Google it. It's already here. Google the giant movement. It's touring the U.S. They already have something that can change. It can move, it can talk, and it can change. Like on the video I saw, they had him looking like Al Roker, right? You know, and it's just a, it's a creepy video. You know, they're saying... Um, and yeah, and yeah, and it's this girl, this lady's got this soft, weird voice, and, 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 and our heroes can speak to us from the giant, you know? And then you've got, you know, famous sports stars, and they can turn them and make them look however they want to make them look. This thing's touring the United States. Look at Phoenix. And, and, you know, looking at the, the you know, where, where will they have it? Maybe they'll have multiple ones. I don't know. You know, Brussels, Jerusalem, Paris, New York. You know, the false, it's the false prophet that's doing this. The Antichrist will have a religious guy. And I think that the Antichrist and probably the false prophet will be hybridized. They will be a hybrid type form looking at all the different chips that are starting to go into people. If you're paying any attention, he's going to be a product of hybridization, I believe. And I'm not saying this for sure, but he's going to be a probably special. He's probably going to have some special type of technology that no one else has. We're talking about people that call themselves transhumanists here. Seriously, it's a real thing. And it's just simply counterfeit of what God has. What I mean by counterfeit, if you read the Bible, we're supposed to have perfect bodies in heaven. This is what they're going to sell. This is how they're going to sell the mark to the world. In regards to the mark of the beast, they're just going to pitch just like heaven. No more death, no more crime, no more pain through this technology you receive. Remember now, it says in Daniel 9, 27, the whole tribulation starts out with the Antichrist making complete and total peace in the Middle East. And I just believe, if you read on Revelation 13, one more verse, that without the mark, you can't buy or sell, but they're also going to see that Whatever it is they put on or in the humans on the inside is going to give them some type of added advantage. But if you're paying attention to the chips they're making and what they're saying is going to be able to happen. And going back to Genesis, God cleared the earth with the flood because most of the world was not purely human. The transhumanist goal is to give the planet super longevity, super health, super intelligence. Genealogists, people that... Uh, our specialist in the gene world will tell you if you modify a human body by 1%, they're technically not, no longer human. They want to create a post-human society, a human that's another level. 
So does Daniel 2.43 start to make sense when it's talking about that empire and whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, that's the empire, the feet and toes of that, of that image, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. Okay? The transhumanists are talking about everybody having an intelligence level of a 1,000 IQ. A genius is 140. Now think about this. Heaven, you live forever. There's no sickness. There's another level of intelligence. It's going to be a major, major counterfeit to that here on earth. I believe that is my opinion. When, when you see where they're going with this technology, these people that think, I'm going to stay for the rapture, you're just not going to be able to do anything. Okay? These people are going to be so much more intelligent and have so much more abilities. And uh, somewhere, a preacher I very much respect um, on this stuff, and I, I'm not, he's saying they won't be able to die until Armageddon with this thing. And I, I just, I wouldn't preach that until I was able to really study that, okay? But, but um, a guy named Ray Kurzweil, he's the chief engineer of Google, They've spent billions and billions and billions of dollars on this. This guy says by 2030, all humans will be hybrids, okay? Look at Elon Musk with the Neuralink, where they can link your brain to the iCloud. Ray Kurzweil, the chief Google chief engineer, also said if you don't become a human hybrid, we're talking about putting technology into your body, whether if it's enhancing your DNA augmenting your brain. Not only will you be subhuman, but your children will be subhuman and they will be uneducatable. This is the chief engineer of Google by 2030. You can find Elon Musk on tape. He's talking about mRNA technology and he's trying to simplify it for everyone. And he said that the mRNA technology is a man building a computer code that they inject into you that alters your DNA code. And you've got Elon Musk saying on that tape that through that technology, you can reverse aging. But he says, if we want, and he uses some swear words, but he says, we can change you into a blanking butterfly if we want to. Humanity is going to love this stuff. They're going to jump on it. You're not just getting an upgrade on your phone. You're getting an upgrade on your humanity. <laughs> uh, by... Uh, a biological researcher in China who was globally condemned after creating the world's first genetically engineered babies in 2018 was just released from prison. Um, can't pronounce his name, was sentenced to three years for violating national biomedical regu regulations. He forged a bunch of documents. Um, two twins and a child after that. He, he genetically engineered them. They were designed using something called CRISPR, a gene editing tool. He gave the babies a rare gene called CCR5 to make them immune to HIV. At the time, the scientific community was shocked by this news. As a result of editing errors, the twins, who were each supposed to have a, a pair of modified CCR5 from each parent, instead ended up with an entirely new version of genes. And one had 15 pair of genes deleted while the other remained unaltered. No one knows where the third child is. This was all over in China. Um, but he's, he's out of the clink. What I'm just saying, you know, this science is, it's, uh, it's amazing where, where it is. And, and how this stuff is really, really lining up with Scripture. Um, wow, this time goes fast, you guys. Um, okay, who was here when Sue and Ke Susan and Kevin Fletcher did the Wednesday night service? So did they read the prophecy from Kenneth Hagin? They did not. Okay. Kenneth Hagin had a vision in 1963. Very similar to George Washington's vision. George Washington had a open vision of, um, of, of, the, of the Civil War, of World War II, and what we're about to go through was the third thing. Okay, very similar. 
said, the Lord was upon me. The Spirit of the Lord moved upon me. The voice of God spoke unto me and said, come up, come up, hither, son of man. This is 1963. I went as it were, up in the air and stood with him, the head of the church, even the Lord Jesus Christ, in the air. And as I looked down upon the ground, I could see as a map laid out before me the entire nation, all the states of the continental United States. And as I looked, he said, Behold, son, I shall show you that which shall come to pass, that which the eyes of many shall see, and they shall remember that their ears heard that it shall come to pass. For there came a dark hand out of the ocean from the east, even from the Atlantic Ocean, very similar to what George Washington saw. And it came up out of the sea as a hand, and as it rose up into the air, it became a dark cloud, filled the whole atmosphere. Yea, it swept like a storm at sea. And I said, O Lord, O Lord, O Lord, what's the meaning of this? And he spake unto me and said, Son, this is the darkness of atheistic communism that is sweeping across the nation, even in the minds of men in high places and politicians with great power. I can prove to you all day there are straight up, flat out communists in the U.S. government in very high places that don't even hide it, even in the minds of men, places, politicians, great power, running uh, committees, you know, and this nation shall not grow more strong than you shall have more, you will not have more liberty than you have now, but liberties that you've known and you've seen shall be seized and taken from you. And I looked again, I could see upon the mountain a blotch as though a bottle of ink had been spilled and spread out over several states in the south and the east, and then I looked and I could see spots Spots splotched all over the map. I said, what meaneth this, Lord? He said, communistic inspired hatred among races shall cause greater turmoil than your nation has seen before. And if you look at these left wing, left wing um, the, the organizations, they don't even hide that communism is what they're preaching. They are backed by the Chinese all day long. Yes, it will not be the will of God, but men's hearts are perverse and they will walk without the love of God and seek to have their own way and it shall be worse than you have seen. And I said, oh Lord, oh Lord, is there a remedy? Is there a remedy? What shall the answer be? And he said, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceive and being deceived. And then I said, oh Lord, do we have nothing to look forward to in the future except the darkness, the blackness, war, destruction, evil? He said, son of man, forget not your text for you look at the things not seen, the the title of his message was looking at things unseen. And so then I looked into the spirit realm and I saw falling upon the ball, the mountain, a ball of fire from heaven. The closer to earth, the bigger it got. And when it hit the earth, it divided into small balls or sparks of fire and fell upon men. I saw an army of men rise up. It seemed as though their hands were on fire. There, was, there sat upon their heads a tongue of fire. When I first saw it, it seemed like their whole heads were on fire, but it was tongues of fire leaping. And I said, what meaneth this? And he said, before the worst shall come and the day of darkness encompasses, there will be those who shall go and who shall carry the fullness of my truth and the fire, and not only to the states of this nation, but to many other places. For there is a work that must be done first spiritually before the Lord shall come. Now prepare ye your hearts, for the time is at hand, and the beginning is now, and ye shall see and ye shall know, for the hand of the Lord is upon you, and many of you shall be used in the last days, and the work shall progress. And then it goes into some personal things for him. But you know, you can Google George Washington's vision. There was a book written on it. We, we talk about it in the podcast. And I really, in the future, will try to keep the podcast in this separate. This is a, a culmination of a few of the podcasts in the past. And um, Revelation 13, 11, and I behold another beast coming up out of the earth, two horns like a lamb. And he spake as a, a dragon, spake as a dragon. This is the false prophet, okay? Notice, he looks like a lamb, right? But he speaks like the devil. That's what it just said. Okay, now, he appears as a man. Uh, the appearance is a man of peace. I would predict this is a religious figure, the right-hand man of the Antichrist. <sighs> I just don't want a lot of letters on this. But... I will just tell you that I've had neighbors that are Catholics for 25 years, and they're some of the best people I know, okay? You got saved Catholics, just like in the Protestant denominations, in the Protestant world, you've got many wings that believe 
many different things. Many people have been saved through the Catholic Church. I watch the Catholic Church sometimes on TV. Believe it or not, there's a lot of word in those services. They just speak it out loud, right? And I'm just saying, uh, you know, there's Catholics that speak in tongues, so I'm not coming against Catholics. I'm just going to tell you, and I would never accuse another minister, but what most scholars believe is it will be this pope. It will be, you know, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that is what it is, but you can find that very easily. He, he leads one billion people, and he's not acting real normal right now. So if you're paying attention to what he's doing, it doesn't line up with what my neighbors believe, I think, right? But what we do know is the false prophet is a worldwide religious figure that lends his credibility to the Antichrist. Verse 12 in Revelation 13, he exercised all the power of the first beast before him, all the power of the Antichrist, and causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the Antichrist, whose deadly wound was healed. So now you have him deceiving the whole world into worshiping the Antichrist. Part of the case the false prophet makes that they will either pretend, they will fake it, is the Antichrist dies, and the false prophet raises him from the dead. Does this sound like something? Because there's a counterfeit. Satan has a counterfeit for everything, okay? And this is how he really makes his case. So really, from the verse we just read, they're going to pretend he was killed, or maybe he was killed. And through the demonic powers the Antichrist is raised from the dead by the false prophet. Revelation 13, 13. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. So you have this guy doing great things, signs, wonders. People only see this. Fire coming from the sky. World desperate. Bunch of people have disappeared. They'll be ripe and ready for the world government. All right? Verse 14. He deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast, which had by the wound of a sword had died and did live. Now notice the phrase that he's doing this miracle in the sight of the beast. That's the Antichrist. The beast is the Antichrist. So he's got to be in the presence of the beast because either the Antichrist does not want this guy doing miracles when he's not there or he's not able to do them. He doesn't have the power to do them unless he's one of the two, right? Verse 14, we have the false prophet leading the world to make an image of the beast that speaks. Please Google the giant movement. Anyone Google in it? Did you see it? Did you see the video? Did you see something? Did, you, did it pop up? It should pop up. I Googled it. It popped up on, on Friday. You need to check that out because that, that stuff's already being, been built, right? And, or something like that, um, so we have the false prophet leading the world to make an image of the beast, right? Sounds like Shadrach and Meshach, Abednego. Where's this going to be? Jerusalem, L.A., Paris, Brussels. Maybe it's all those places. I don't know. But verse 15, and he had the power to give life unto the image of the beast. So they could bring that thing to life. And the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the beast of the, the image of the beast should be killed. The punishment is, if you don't worship this image, you will be killed. Remember now, you have the chief engineer of Google talking about hybrid humans running around with technology in them that gives them a 1,000 IQ. You're not getting away, okay? Okay, this is one of the ways they get people to take the mark. It's gonna make you healthier, they're going to tell you it's going to give you centuries of life. You're going to be intelligent, 10 times more intelligent than a, than a genius right now. So if you don't worship the enemies of the beast, though, you're going to be killed. Or if you don't get that technology. Verse 16, and he causes all, both small, great, rich, poor, free, bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. That was verse 16. Verse 17 goes in and says you can't buy or sell without it. And so now we have the false prophet calling the, causing the world to receive the mark. So there's going to be a religious spin on this all. And there's going to be a lot of deceit. And let's look. The word mark means, in the Greek language, to engrave, an impression, a mark cut in, something cut into probably your DNA, an impression on your DNA. They have the technology in this day and age where they don't need cash. 
to run an economy. We're talking about a cashless society it will be. We've talked about this in previous uploads of the podcast. The technology to impose this across the world is here now, and I believe this is going to happen in the middle of the tribulation. Google, Amazon pay by palm. You can get a chip right now and pay, pay by palm. The technology, the technology is there. The mark of the beast is a mark of submission and recognition of the Antichrist as Lord. Okay? Revelation 24. Then I saw thrones. Sitting on them were those to whom the authority to act as judges to pass sentence was entrusted. Also, I saw the souls of those who had been slain with axes, beheaded, for their witnessing to Jesus and for preaching and testifying for the word of God and who had refused to pay homage to the beast or his statue and had not accepted his mark or permitted to be stamped on their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived again and ruled with Christ. So you're going to have evangelists come out into, they're just going to say there's no other choice. They, there will be people preaching saying don't do it. It says it right here. We just read it. People are going to be called at that, at that time, right? And, and, the, the, and some are going to try to hide, and maybe I'm wrong, but there's a scripture that implies, um, and I've heard dad preach it, that no one's going to get away. They're not going to be able to, probably because of the level of technology. There will be millions of unbelievers who become believers. Or maybe it's just believers that don't make the cut. And I, I just, there's a lot of guys that preach like that, you know, that, that, that there's, I just, I'm going to tell you why I don't believe one towards the end, why I don't believe those guys. I, I think it's going to be billions. I think it's going to be even anyone that believes Jesus died and rose again, because that's what the New Testament says over and over and over, right, for you to be saved. You simply believe. It does say in one place, uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10, confess him with your mouth. Everywhere else it says, if you believe he died and rose again. I thought that was my phone for a second. So, okay. But, they, but they, they will know they can't get this mark, I believe. And a lot of other people believe if you have Jesus in your heart, and have Jesus in your heart, it's very clear in the New Testament, you have to believe that he died and rose again, and you go in the rapture. You don't see this, right? What we're talking about. So, is what the false prophet is trying to do, is trying to get the whole world to recognize the Antichrist as God. Revelation 14, 9 through 12. The, angel, the third angel followed them, saying, with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast in his image and receive the mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. I, I just don't understand how there's, the universalist movement says there's no hell, right? Listen to this. And shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. And so... When you, when, when you take the mark, it's a form of worship to the Antichrist. You're swearing your allegiance to the devil and the Bible is very clear in what we just read. I believe that if you have relatives that don't believe in Jesus Christ, that refuse their atheist or whatever, I believe you should prepare them for this. Maybe send them this video to keep it, save it, hide it, view it if I ever go away. However you can, because this is being prophesied. We're talking about this before it happens, okay? However you can, because there will, there will be a day when they have to make that decision in regards to the mark. If they just had a sermon like this, because it is an unforgivable sin in the Bible. It really is. Let's go to the bold judgments, because really the mark, Revelation 16, it's very clear what happens to the people that get the mark. I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, go your ways, pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. The first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. 
So the Bible calls it a noisome and loathsome, loathsome sore that everyone gets after a little bit of time after they receive the mark. This is around the middle of the tribulation, probably later, and it's going to last for the duration of the tribulation. The New Testament is written in the Greek language. In the Greek language, the words noisome and loathsome. Noisome means severe, malignant. It can't be cured. Loathsome means painful, evil, and severe. The word sore in the Greek means ulcer. It's, in other words, it's ulcerated. It's an open sore. Severely painful that does not go away. So we're talking about the people that have the mark. They're going to wind up with these open malignant sores. God pours out these bowls that are in the final judgment and the tribulation. And just, I don't, I'm, I'm short on time. But uh, Revelation 16, 11, I was going to read 8 through 12, the bowls. I just don't want to be here for the bowls. <laughs> but number 11, listen, verse 11, and, and blaspheme the God of heaven because their anguish and their sores, their ulcers, and they did not implore their wicked deeds or repent. So they, they, they're even in their sores, you know, and this is, this is intense. The sun is burning people and. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, wow. You know, I notice it's still talking about Armageddon, verse 12. Then the sixth angel emptied his bowl on the river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to make ready uh, a road for the coming of the kings of the east. So that is the road for the giant army, you know, that Euphrates has to get, get dried up. And, 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 you know, we are going to do Revelation after Daniel, I think. We're going to do Revelation. We're going to go through Revelation. But, then, but it's intense, you know. It's intense. I'm not trying to preach fear. We're not going to be here. And if you don't think you are, then raise your hand at the end of the service. It's that simple. The, rebe- the, the all-out rebellion in the world today is simply precursor for the tribulation. New York Times, is, what does it say? Do we need God? It's cursing God. The article was cursing God. New York Times, America. So you got you really got all this to say there really are no good choices in the tribulation. And really someone's got to say it so people are aware of this. That you can get the mark of the beast, but it's a form of worshiping the anti-Christ. Wind up with terrible sores. There's a, there's a million other things in here we haven't read or you can refuse to get the mark, get your head guillotined, and spend eternity in heaven. This is why it's so imperative at this time for you to have a relationship with Christ. But again, if you have Jesus in your heart, if you believe he died and rose again, you won't be here. You'll be here at the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's a seven-year party. Be burritos and... Chinese food and euros, you know, the, the giant Greek taco. Yes, cookies. Okay. But Romans 10, 9, and 10. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, you just believe. And confessing your mouth, I mean, it says something because as, as he, uh, has, what is it? Um, your words, you speak what's in your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so, really, I just, I want to take you to Luke 23 as we close here. Sorry, I'm just going long every week. Every week. Could, could, could we put, could we put the, uh, the, the sculpture up? Because I, I just thought this was really interesting. I believe I heard, uh, my assistant heard Stephen Furtick say this. Um, and so I, he says, he's given this example. And one of the male factors, which were hand, hanged, railed on him. These are the two thieves, okay? Saying, if thou be the Christ, save thyself and us, right? Next verse, verse 40. But the other answering rebuked him, 
saying, dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? You're about to die, dude, and you're on the cross, right? Interesting conversation. And, um, and we indeed just, justly, for we receive the due reward for our deeds. But this man, he has done nothing amiss. Next verse. So you say, he hasn't said anything to Jesus yet. Okay? He said he deserves it. They're killing him because of his actions, this man. He's nailed to a cross. And he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. That's all he said. That's all he said. Next verse. Jesus said, verily I say unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. That guy had never done one thing. He had done one work, one good work. You know what I mean? So you can't tell me it's not easy. He made it easy. Imagine he's like that and he's answering this guy. Just a beaten to and mauled to a pulp and he still drags this guy into heaven with him. He answers this guy. It's a few feet away. And so it really I just, if we could just, if you guys could just bow your heads and close your eyes. And we should do more of these. Um, I don't want to, let's not hand out communion yet, guys, okay? Bow, bow, bow your heads and close your eyes. And I just want to, you know, if you don't, let's just be straight. It's just me and you. If everybody's eyes are really closed, you know? If you don't, if you feel like you're not going to go in the rapture, raise your hand and we can fix that right now. Raise your hand. Raise your hand right now. If you, if there's an inkling in you that you may not go, it's pretty simple to go. Because we're about to say the prayer. Just, just acknowledge to me. Just let me see your hand. If I miss one, usher, uh, make sure you point them out, ushers, point them out. Just want to make sure that everyone in here is solid on this. And we need to actually do this more. Because this is the service my parents have given me responsibility for. So I need to be doing this more. You know what? If something is telling you to raise your hand, that's not the devil. Okay? Show me. Just show me your hand. Let me see your hand. If there's anyone. Thank you, Father. I see the hand in the balcony. Thank you so much. I see a second hand in the balcony. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Second hand. Third hand in the balcony. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. You can put your hands down up there. Fourth hand in the balcony. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Anyone down here on this level? Anyone down here? All right, so we're just going to say this prayer and this is, we just read, this is all you got to do. This is what you got to do. He did the hard stuff. Don't let the devil, when you walk out of here, tell you, oh, you're not saved. The thief got saved. He had never done a thing. His whole life, he didn't do one thing. Was saved at the very last second. All right? So don't let the devil say, oh, you're not. No, it's very clear. You wouldn't have raised your hand if, if you didn't believe. You wouldn't have raised your hand. It's very simple. So if everyone could just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Father in heaven, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead three days later. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart to be my savior and be my Lord. Thank you for saving me now. Amen. Amen. So let's hand out that communion. Thank, I'd like to thank those. Um, and if you, if you, we have altar ministers at the front, and if you need to talk to someone after the service, or they can give you materials uh, to even prove that you're saved. If you said that prayer, you are saved. You believe it. Um, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay? Listen, 
I got about 13 hours maybe with Billy Brim in Israel and her daughter Shelly. And I thought I was going to get a lot of end time stuff. Um, I wanted information on Daniel. and But all she talked to me about, you guys, was I, I really feel like was, was using your authority on a daily basis. And she said, it's the first thing I do every day. Okay? And I would meet her at breakfast. And she would ask me, did you use it? Like, it, it was like God was trying to drive that into me. Use your authority, living word. Use the name of Jesus. Just like Falou was saying about your finances. You can command. You have, in order for Satan to flee from you, you have to resist him. You can command him to take his hands off your children. Take his hands off your mind, will, emotions. Keep his hands off your body. Keep his hands off your job. And if you're not doing it, it's, 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 it's borderline dangerous. And it, we're not talking about 15 minutes of this. Although I do it. I do. I take my time. And I am specific uh, in regards to my children. And, and it's like... It's like uh, Every time you say it, it makes you stronger. You're developing your faith to do it. So just to do it once or twice, no, the more you do it, I feel the more powerful it gets. Okay? I'm not saying you have to walk around all day, but you start the day with that. You, you should, and if you feel it during the day, you should do it again. Do it again. It says in Colossians, we've been delivered from the power of darkness. But you have to do something. You really do. You have to say something. You have to resist the devil or he will not flee. He will not flee if you do not actively resist him. You know, and command him to desist in his maneuvers against you. Or you can bind him. Because I even asked about the, the binding. What about binding and loosing? Well, yeah. No, but I heard, I heard somebody teach that once that binding is the, is the Jews binding the word of God to their foreheads. That whatever you bind on earth, she just laughed at that. She laughed at that. She said, that's a joke. You can bind him. You can command him to desist in his maneuvers. But you better do it better do it on a, 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 it's an everyday thing so I just want to make sure that I think we're all good with communion right right as we close we're going to go ahead and close with communion I feel like some people are afraid I'm going to go off the front of the stage when I, I hear people <gasps> so as we take communion we discern your broken body Lord we discern the body of Christ. You bore all sicknesses, diseases, accidents, injuries, viruses, all cancer, strokes, blood clots, heart attacks, blocked valves, everything. You bore it all. You carried our pain. And by the stripes of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, every quirk, Molecule, atom, proton, electron, neutron, cell, tissue, and fiber remains in shalom peace, unattacked and healed and whole. Our youth is renewed as eagles, and we get peace from you at the cross now. That chastisement that stirs us up, keeps us out of peace, was upon you. We give that to you now. We receive peace. Through communion, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, take, eat, this is my body that was broken for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And as we, as we, this is our, this is a blood covenant. This is, a, this, I, I think it's the equivalent of, of cutting your hand and putting it to God's. It is. 
We had the easy part. It's a blood covenant he's talking about here with, with the ancient of days. And so as we, as we took the cup, he said, Take, this cup is the new covenant. Cut my blood. It's about the blood. As often as you drink it, drink it in remembrance of me. And as we do it, we receive absolute remission. It's what it's about, forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness and cancellation of every single penalty for every single sin we've ever committed. In righteousness, we've been established In triumph, we've been restored. We were resurrected from the dead with you. We acknowledge that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You guys, thank you for for waiting for me to finish. Listen, I'm excited three weekends in a row with all the services, okay? And we are going back to Daniel, Daniel 8. Daniel 8. 